Haven, just saying, I am Tom Becker. Along with McGraw and Milhaven, broadcasting on podcast and, of course, on the Big 550 KTRS in St. Louis. This may be, I don't know, are, are there any other podcasts that are simulcasting like this? Nowhere we, in the we may, we may be trendsetters here. <clears throat> Nowhere in the universe is there a podcast on the podcast and on radio. Oh, yeah, yeah, because nowhere in the universe did we think there were other podcasts that were called Just Saying, until after we named it Just Saying, and saw there were like about 8,000 other podcasts out there named Just Saying. We thought we were being pretty uh, pretty original. Yeah, um, you, know, you know, but that happens a lot, though. I mean, I know that, like, when I was uh, doing comedy, I would write a joke, and then, I, you know, and I knew that it was my joke. I had I didn't steal it. I didn't steal it, right? And then I'd be, like, watching Letterman that night, and he would do the same joke. I mean, it didn't happen all the time, but it happened once in a while. Same thing with other, you know, other things. You think that, oh my God, I got this unique idea, and there's 25 other people who have the same unique idea. Are you insinuating you should have been a writer for Letterman? Oh, there's a lot of things I should have been. I should have been an astronaut. I should have been a center fielder for the Cleveland Indians. There's a lot of things I should have been. But no, I was stuck. I was stuck here doing this podcast with you. On the radio, though. <laughs> on the radio, too. On the big 550 KTRS. Right, By the way. By the way, why don't you ever have me on your radio program? You really want me to answer that question? Well, if I'm good enough for the podcast, I should be good enough for your radio show. Hmm. I got to come up with another reason then why I don't want you on my show. (laughs) (laughs) I could always blame management didn't want you on the radio, but now that we're on the radio. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. You've been on the show once or twice. I bet it's been years. Yeah, but the hate mail is finally starting to die down. <laughs> hey, I've made my whole career off of hate mail. Yeah, I got to love it. Let's talk George Santos. Oh, George Santos. First Maybe. off, first off, I just stopped calling him George Soros. So that's one positive. That that The coincidence there is sort of um, uncanny, especially when you think about, you know, it's almost like the George Soros plant him in there. To be, a, you know, sort of like a uh, a Republican laughingstock. You know, I mean, it's almost, because I'm not even sure George Santos is his real name, right? It's not as even, that's not even his real name, I don't believe. I want to see his birth certificate. I mean, I don't think he was born in the U.S., but that's a whole other <laughs> issue. <laughs> oh, I don't think, I don't think you have to be born in the U.S. to be a, uh, a congressman. You have to be a, a resident, but I don't think you have to be naturally born to be in, in the House or Senate. Uh, you are correct, but I still want to see his birth certificate. Um, you know, we were talking before. We did valuable show prep about 30 seconds before you hit the record button on this. Right. I, I, the, new, the news now is that, you know, he's resigned from, it, from his committees. I, I, I am kind of under the philosophy of I don't know if he should resign. He was duly elected. I know he lied through his teeth. I know he's a buffoon, but the voters, you know, they voted him in and there's no mechanism to vote him out just 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 because you're a pathological liar. Well, no, I I don't disagree with you except for the fact that my God, we need some integrity, don't we? I mean, don't we need some integrity in, in, in Congress? I mean, Santos resigning his committee uh seats. It's a small step forward. It's a small step, but at least it's a small step towards some sanity in D.C. I mean, I I, I agree with you, I guess, this, or at least I could at least make the argument, if I had to make the argument, that he shouldn't resign from Congress 
because, you know, he, he was uh, duly elected by his people. But that was under false pretenses. And and as such, it's like, I mean, I know all politicians lie to some extent, but not to this extent, not, not about everything like that. I mean, his own old boyfriend says he's a pathological liar. Um, well, your so, old girlfriend calls you a pathological liar, so what's the difference? No, she just said I was a scumbag. There's a difference. <laughs> She, she well, and she, and she called me his comeback when I told her the truth about her. So that was, <laughs> so I know. So I was not a pathological liar. I mean, but but there's I I I get, but there's no more shame anymore, right? Donald Trump. Yeah, but shouldn't there be? I mean, okay, I, I don't disagree with what you said there. There's no more shame anymore. But really, but shouldn't there be? I mean, do do, do we want to just excuse it like, well, eh? You know, they're, they're, don't worry about it. There's no more shame anymore. Or do we we want to say, no, you know what? We're better than this. Aren't we better than this? No, we're not. We're, we're not better than this because the voters, you know, I, I, the poll, 70-something percent of his voters want him, you know, to resign. You shouldn't have voted him in in the first place. It's, well, it's up to the individual voters to be responsible enough to know who they're sending to Washington, D.C. No, but hold on a second. But, but, but you see, that's always in the past. Well, first of all, I blame the Democrats in that district, the Democrats in that district for not even, you know, not doing enough opposition research. But there was also no media in that town that really covered them. And that, to me, I think is a, is a story here to a large extent, is the death of uh, independent, responsible media in so many markets. And this is a, a fairly decent-sized market there on the outskirts of New York, New York City. I mean, you know, there was no, there was a, a weekly newspaper that put out some articles about him, but there was no local talk radio telling the truth. There was no local TV stations telling the truth about him. There was no investigative reporter in the newspapers there doing anything to really, you know, let the voters know that this guy was... Uh, you know, not who he said he was. You know, the Democrats messed up. I mean, how 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 the Democrats didn't have enough opposition research on him to get the word out. I mean, that you know, they're but you know, they're well, just. I, I, I'm with you. I, I, while you can lament the <clears throat> demise of you know local newspapers, this is this is my home district. I grew up in his district, so I know this district pretty well. Um, there was a weekly that a weekly conservative newspaper who said who, before the election, this guy is a fraud. We like to we like to support a, a Republican, but this guy's not it. Um, you know, Newsday maybe could have done, done a better job, but that's the job of the opposition, the Democrats. Where was this guy? Did the did the did the uh, opposition run such a poor campaign? It wasn't that hard to find out this guy was a total fraud. Um, I blame the other Democrats and the Republicans never should have put them up. I'm shocked that they didn't have any Republicans, real Republicans running for the for the. As I understand, as I understand it. And uh, now this is I heard this. I heard this like when the story first broke. So my memory may be a little bit sketchy on this. But as I understand it, uh, they were still gerrymandering the districts districts. And uh, as it was going on, he was the only guy in that district that had applied before it had been, um, you know, established that that was the uh, or the only Republican that had applied. So when by the time it was too late, he was the only one in the in the primary, and uh, as such, uh, that's how he got the gig. Well, I, there's a lot. Well, 
also blame the Democrats because they were gerrymandering the state and then the, the courts threw it out and they had to redo it. So it was a cluster from the word go. But again, he had a Democratic opponent. Um, it ain't I know. It is out. So I know, but but, but I'm glad he's I'm glad he's not on committees. I I understand. Look, if if, if the Republicans need a a party line vote, okay, then fine, okay. But I'm glad he's not on committees and has any like real power to be uh, swaying which laws you know move forward and stuff. I mean this uh, this guy should have no authority other than just you know voting yay or nay on legislation. It shows you does you know it does show you that Washington D.C. is Hollywood for ugly people. It's just it, it, there's just scandal after scandal after scandal. It's Hollywood for ugly people, and it's also. I don't, and I don't know where this changed, but politics is now entertainment. It's no longer, you know, do the right thing. It's own the other guy. Um, people don't care. You're lying to them. Just tell me what you tell me what I want to hear. Um, and it's become a form of of entertainment as opposed to actually, you know, boring politics that you know gets in into the minutia of what's best for the country. Well, I mean. I think politics has always, to some extent, been entertainment. I mean, you know, there was always there were always the campaign songs, and there was all sorts, you know, stuff like that. But um, I don't know. Was it Rush Limbaugh? Was it Rush Limbaugh that really maybe sort of made it into entertainment? You know, and also, uh, you know, we're the good guys; they're the bad guys. Was that? Was uh, that really where it mean, started? I, I would credit Donald Trump with a lot of that, and I don't mean that as a negative, but I mean he was able to sort of turn it into. He took politics and made it entertainment. And then everyone just sort of piled on, and um, oh no no no! I mean, look, you know they 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 elected Ronald Reagan, you know they elected they elected Jesse the Body Ventura. I mean, so it was it was before Donald Trump, it was before Donald Trump. Oh yeah, was, yeah, yeah, yeah. Know. Well, <clears throat> and I also think Donald Trump got elected. I was having this conversation with one of the ABC um, political analysts, um, and we sort of stumbled on a really good point. I mean, it's well known, but. One of the reasons why Donald Trump was able to sort of snake through was he didn't have any experience. So he didn't have any tough votes on anything, right? So they couldn't hang anything on him because he was a neophyte. He had never held any office. If he was a governor, if he was a senator, he would have had a voting record. So because he didn't have a voting record, he owned the libs and he just, you know, was bombastic is I think one of the main reasons why he was able to skate through. I don't disagree, I don't disagree with you on that. Um, it was also an issue. I mean, of course, we also also know in the primaries he was running through eight million, you know, different other other uh, candidates. So he sort of, uh, you know, got in his own lane, and he had the only lane there while everybody else was fighting for the other lane. Uh, so in the primary, and then I also think the only reason that Donald Trump was able to get elected was because he was running against Hillary, and the only reason that Hillary had a chance of getting elected was that she was running against Donald Trump. Because that election, there were two candidates that were not very likable, no matter what your politics were. Well, I mean, she ended up winning the popular vote. I just think people, you know, they didn't want to, they didn't want to, they, they knew she was going to win. So they didn't feel like having to go vote for her because they didn't like her and they had no use for Donald Trump. Yeah. So, um, you know, I mean, the guy ended up threading the needle twice through the primary and then through the general election. I know that I'm supposed to, uh, or supposed to be uh, like, uh, keeping track of the time, you know, for, for like commercial breaks and stuff for your broadcast on your radio station. Yes. Um, but uh, 
I, I, I didn't start keeping track. Are we? Do you have any idea? Are we? Is it time for a commercial break yet? Or well, this segment feels like it's been going on for an hour and a half, so we might have to break at some point. Well, then let's just break here. Let's just break here. And if you're listening on the podcast, it will only be like a mega second uh, before we um, uh, get, come back with this. So I think actually, quick- we're good. I mean, we we we're going to break early. So this is we're about ten minutes in, twelve minutes in. So we're a little early. We can break and come back. How about that? Let's break. This is a podcast where you can find uh, where all fine podcasts are sold. And, of course, here on the Big 550, KTRS. I, I can't hear your clap. But I didn't hear your clap. Whatever. Oh, all right. Well, you clapped and I clapped. So, so I would have had to even picked up because I didn't hear your clap. Hmm, weird. All right. Well, you clapped and I clapped, so it's in there somewhere. All, All right. right. Three, Three, two, go. We are back from the commercial break, and actually, after a little conversation we heard on the podcast, was that we were supposed to like make a, a like a clapping noise to make it easier for the person. Uh, that, that's too much inside baseball about radio. Never mind. I was going to try to explain it, but really, and then there's that's there's no point in explaining that. You know, it's easier to explain. How the um, Kansas City Chiefs snaked into the Super Bowl? They did not snake into the Super Bowl. Patrick Mahomes has got more heart than any other uh, player out there. The guy was beat up. He was hurt. He's going for the extra yardage. He's running on a on a sprained ankle, and he's out of bounds. And the uh, the Bengals. I, I'll give him credit in that. You know, the adrenaline was running. You had everything on the line. You know, and the guy just wasn't thinking. I'll give him credit for that. But Mahomes, that that was that was uh, definitely uh, a um, uh, unnecessary roughness. I mean, that was a, that was a good call. It was a good call and put them in field goal range, and they were able to win. So okay. yeah, so they did not snake. They did not snake in. the uh, The Chiefs deserve to be there. All right. Let me ask you this question: Have you ever been in a crowded subway, or walking down the hallway, walking down the somewhere, some pathway? And accidentally bump into somebody while walking. How? What? What the hell does this have to do with anything that we're talking about? Of course, who hasn't done that? I've also stubbed my toe as I get up to go to the bathroom at three in the morning. Okay, I mean that wasn't the question. What does that have to do with anything? The question is, if we can bump into somebody while walking, okay, then this poor guy can bump into somebody one inch outside of the field of play. It was not one inch outside the field, you moron you. And 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 the reality is the reality is is that if I bump somebody and I just brush against them and say, oh, excuse me, I move on. If on the other hand, if I bump into somebody and I knock them into tra- traffic and they get hit by an oncoming bus, guess what? I'm going to be charged, okay? So what we had here was a massive infraction of, of, of unnecessary roughness against a, a man who was playing hurt to begin with. Uh, well, yeah, it looked really bad because he's a great flopper. Patrick Mahomes should, should be nominated for an Academy Award for that flop. Yeah, yeah, I'll tell you what. You get hit by a 300-pound defensive uh, player while uh, running off on a sprained ankle and see how you react. Oh, so he should have gotten a penalty because he had a sprained ankle? 
He shouldn't have had a penalty at all. No, the other team got the penalty. That's you know how football are you aware of how football is played? <laughs> oh, of course, you're a Jets fan. You're a Jets fan. So what the no, hell do you know about? I don't football? know how it's played. Look, the bottom line is, and I don't I don't really care who won. I mean, I really don't. You being a Chiefs fan, you're a little biased. Well, I, the, Chiefs are my second team, but yeah. I really, I, well, your first team you've abandoned. That's so. right. I did abandon the Browns. I did abandon the Browns. You're right. So I guess the Chiefs are my team now. Yeah. Yeah. So the point is, and I don't, I could care less. I have no, as a matter of fact, I probably wanted the Chiefs because I want Andy Reid to go and beat the Phillies or the Eagles after they threw him out of town. But there's eight seconds left in the game. The game is going to be decided on this play unless he was mugged. You don't make the call. Let the players on the field determine who's going to win. The referee determined who was going to win, and that was bogus to me. No, the the players did determine who was going to win when they committed the foul in the first place. It was not not that egregious where it should have been called. You're egregious. You're you're egregious. Why, Why do I? Man, I... I, I could be I could be doing anything but talking to you, and I, why do I even waste my breath with this? Because I mean, no one else will talk to you. Well, that's rather harsh. I didn't say it was inaccurate, but it was rather harsh. <laughs> uh, uh, but anyway, yeah. So, so um, uh, if uh, the Chiefs get healthy, ought to be a good uh, ought to be a good Super Bowl. Here, here's the interesting thing about all of this. So, the entire nation was watching that game. Whether you go, whether you're a big sports fan, you're a big Chiefs fan, it was Sunday night. The entire country was tuned into that yeah. game. And everybody, anybody, sports fans, non-sports fans, they had an opinion on that play. Because the NFC champion, the NFC championship game started at 5:30, right? The World Series starts at 8:30. Can you explain to me? why Major League Baseball is so moronic to start a Sunday night World Series game at 8.30 when the NFL finish starts their game at 5.30? Really? You're doing this again? This is my, it kills me. It absolutely kills me. You, you know the bad, you know the bad part about having, because uh, you and I have been friends for what, 25 years or more than 25 years? No, we've known each other for 25 years. We've been friends for, well, there was, there was a three months back in uh, 97 that we kind of liked each other. But, yeah. Uh, so, I mean, I'm knowing for a long. The bad part about knowing somebody this long is that you keep going to this. You won't let her go. You're like you're like a, a dog with a chew toy. You won't let her go. You're you're just going and, and, and making up this whole big deal while you're against Major League Baseball starting the game so late because the kids can't watch it. I, no one's been able to explain to me why they start the game at 830. So that people on the West Coast can enjoy it. Oh, so the people on the West Coast didn't enjoy the game on Sunday, the NFL game? Take it up with the uh, Major League Baseball Commission. They have. They won't return my phone call. They're smarter than I am. <laughs> and and besides, it isn't like I'm talking about Benghazi. I mean, come on. <laughs> oh, I know I'm going to regret asking him this. What the hell does Benghazi have to do with anything? Because the politicians, right, they always bring up Benghazi. 
repeal and replace, right? Those are the people who never let it go. This is a legitimate question that no one has been able to answer for me. I've talked to owners of leagues. I've, I've talked to owners of teams who say to me, do you want to come to the owners meetings and try and explain this to them because they don't understand it? To, um, you know, I, I, I really think you're not getting it, McGraw. I mean, I don't understand. Just somebody explain to me why they would start a game so that it ends at 1230. It makes no sense. Because, because the networks want to make sure they get Wheel of Fortune on before the game. Okay, but we, so Wheel of Fortune couldn't show up. I mean, it's 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 my it's it's maddening. It's it's just maddening. But as you are, you I mean, no, you and I both are are more baseball fans than football fans. I think. Right? Well, I mean, I like you know, I'll I'll watch football. I mean, but well, I like football. I like football, but but yeah, but but pitchers and catchers are reporting in less than two weeks. Right, but I mean, look, the, was it last year, two years ago, where the the refs never called that pass interference on the Rams, right, with, with the Saints, or a couple years ago the Chiefs had that really bad call and let Brady into the Super Bowl. I mean, too many times the refs to determine through a bad call or a ticky-tack call who ends up winning the game. Okay, and that is the beauty of sports, my friend, because and here's where, here's where Major League Baseball is messing up because they're not going to have like computers calling balls and strikes. They're going to have computers making these decisions. And you take out the arguments like we've just had about sports, you've taken out 90% of the fun of sports. If you're not bitching about the calls the refs or the umpires make, if you're not if you're not complaining about uh, how your team got shafted in the deal, if you're not doing that, then you're you're taking away, you know, a lot of the fun of watching watching sports in the first place. And with Major League Baseball looking now, I mean, they're going to be doing it now in minor league teams and to see how it goes. But if they end up having computers call balls and strikes and computers be making making the calls on uh, close plays, the game isn't over. Then, then, then forget about it. Because part of the fun of any sport is arguing about the bad refs, bad coaching, uh, you know, uh, you know what team got shafted. That's all. That's all a large part of it. And if you take that away with computers and technology and instant, too many instant replays, then you've taken away most of the fun. You know, I was watching uh, a baseball. Show you how pathetic I am. I was watching a baseball game the other day from the 1980s, and <laughs> <laughs> I know it shows you my life. And um, there was a close play at second base and the ump made the call. And it was so enjoyable to just not have to wait four minutes for them to go to New York to decide whether or not the play was right or not. It was, it was unbelievable how there was a bang, bang play at the plate. The ump called him safer out. The other manager came out yelling. And it it was what it was. When you go to a game today and there's a play at the plate, you're, the ump yells, safer out, and then everybody says, okay, let's stop cheering until they go to New York and somebody who's sitting in a studio in New York, 1,500 miles away, is going to tell us whether the guy was safer out. But, you know, but his replay has done so well in football, a market research, I'm sure, showed them that fans want some instant replay. You know, I, which, which I, by the way, I don't disagree with you. Going back to my whole point, Part of the fun of sports is arguing about this sort of thing. but uh, So I don't disagree with you on this. But at the same time, there had, there had to be all sorts of market research done that says, yet yeah, the majority of fans 
want to have some form of instant replay and uh, to make sure that every call is fair. Well, you know what? Life isn't fair. And sometimes you do get shafted. And sometimes things don't work out your way. That's the beauty of sports. Well, those same market research. Why am I yelling, by the way? Why am I yelling? Why, why have you got me all wound up on this that I'm yelling? The same market research, the same people they um, they checked in on, and those are the same people who voted for George Santos. They're also the same people that said, the market research shows we want to start the games at midnight. So, uh, you know, so there, so you, you're, you're, you're just being, you're just out of, you're, you're not, you're not, you poor you, you're not getting your way at all. So can I, can I bring up a uh, topic apropos of nothing? <laughs> I thought that's what we've been doing so far. <laughs> so, so last, last week on my daytime show, text message people. The one, the one that I'm not allowed on. The one you're, you're not allowed on. Yeah. Um, a bunch of text messages were saying we're getting on me because I say, yeah, 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 a lot. Right. I say, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. And so somebody texts in and said, my, my wife and I play a drinking game. Every time you say, yeah, 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 we drink. And we were drunk by, you know, 830 this morning. Right. And then somebody else chimed in how much they hate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And whatever else. So I implemented um, a strategy and my board op. Every time I say, yeah, yeah, yeah. He then, you know, brings down a big, you know, gong sound and to sort of break me of this habit. Okay, so, sort of a sort of a, uh, uh, a tradition response sort of a thing. So you'll right, stop yeah, saying, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, yeah. So today was day two of the experiment. Uh-huh. And so I, at the beginning of the show, I say, okay, look, I'm trying to break myself of the habit of yeah, yeah, yeah. So every time I say yeah, 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 Zach's going to play this sounder and he plays the sounder, right? The text line today fills up with people loving that I say, yeah, yeah, yeah. Please don't change. <laughs> well, here's the other thing. I listen to your show a lot online at uh, KTRS.com. Do uh, you plug there? I listen to your show a lot online. And uh, I never even noticed you saying, yeah, 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 a lot. So I never even noticed it in the first place. Uh, you, you can't please anybody, right? Somebody loves it. Somebody hates it. What do you want from me? Well, that's that's the whole thing with talk radio, or actually just being in the media in general, is that I've always joked. I said that I could say it's a lovely day and get a nasty email from a guy that makes umbrellas. You know, I mean, that's just the world that we live in, man. That's just the world that we live in. It doesn't matter. I mean, are, are you new to this? Well, and and this 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 past weekend, I went to a store. I went to a hardware store. Went to the grocery store. Talked to strangers on the street. They couldn't have been any nicer. How are you today? Fine. How are you today? Have a good day, sir. Take care now. Be safe. Have a nice day. Every single person I ran into couldn't have been any nicer. You get on talk radio and everybody hates each other. Well, I'm guessing those people that are so nice to you hate you when you're on the radio. Yeah. No, I'm not. <laughs> oh, you're the guy on the radio? We, we hate you. I don't know. The whole the whole world's gone. I mean, the whole world is angry at everybody, and they don't know why. I I'll, I'll grant you that. I mean, I I find myself that way sometimes. You know, uh, just people that I know that I like, who I just disagree with because I saw them post something on Twitter or saw them post something on Facebook, and it's like, oh, geez, I you know now I don't like this guy so much, and it it makes no sense whatsoever. Well, I just, you know, it's it's like I love people who only look at you through the prism of their own political agenda. 
you know, you're like, oh, man, it's cold outside. Oh, you're one of those liberals. It's like, I just said it was cold outside, right? <laughs> oh, hey, man, I filled up my tank of gas. Gas is expensive. What are you bashing on Biden for? I'm like, I didn't. I just was complaining that the gases were high. It's nuts. Well, yeah. And of course, and of course, uh, these are for people. By the way, if you're just listening, at some point in time, you will do your own talk radio program. Everybody's going to have it eventually. Uh, whenever you do a talk radio show, no matter what the topic is, somebody will call up and bring up abortion. Somebody will call up and bring up global warming. Somebody will call up and bring up, you know, uh, either Trump and or Biden. That is completely off topic, but they, they bring it up. Okay, so you're talking about, gee, it's cold outside. Oh, yeah? Well, I thought we were having global warming. You know, no, I'm just commenting that it's cold outside right now. <laughs> well, you know, you know, you know, what else, you know what else, you know what else is cold? You know, the, the fetuses that have been aborted. No, God, they'll just, you know, these people are like, oh, they get on my nerves. I also, I also love these people when you say, boy, you know, Patrick Mahomes, I think that was a bad call on Patrick Mahomes. Oh, so you think every quarterback should be killed in the pocket? It's like, no, that's not what I said. I thought it was a bad call, right? They, they take what, what you say and just throw it to the, to the most absurd extreme because, you know, you said, boy, the gas prices are really expensive. Oh, what, you want to send troops now to Afghanistan and steal all their oil? It's like, no, I, did, I didn't say that, but okay. Um, pe people are just, they're losing their mind. Um, it's uh, Iraq that has the oil. Um, Afghanistan has oh. the heroin. Oh, okay, great. Yeah, you know, so yeah, oh, just, well, that's another one, right? You, you want to legalize heroin? Oh, I'm sure you want everyone to get high. Then no, that's not what I said. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Yeah, actually, I think we're time for another break now. Aren't we getting close to another break? You want to break again? Well, I don't know. I mean, you're the one keeping time this time. Well, thanks for telling me after the segment. This this is gonna be uh, this is a mess. This is a this disaster. Is a okay. All right. Well, yeah. No, we 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 should probably break. Let's break. You're all right. When we get back, when we get back, you brought up the legalized drug argument, which I think is always a very interesting one because there are arguments sometimes that I agree with in theory that I don't necessarily agree with in practice, and the legalized drug thing is is one such topic for me at least. I'll explain and more in a moment. With me, Tom Becker, him, McGraw-Millhaven, I'm in Omaha, he's in St. Louis, and this is Just Saying on the Big 550 KTRS. All right, now clap. Did you hear that? Uh, not really, no. Yeah. Yeah, I don't hear what you clap. I am. But you're, you're recording this, so hopefully it yeah. shows up. Yeah. All right. All right. All right. We are back, uh, back, uh, and uh, glad you are a part of this. Thanks for joining us here. So before the break, we were talking for a moment about um, the idea here of legalizing drugs. Uh, first of all, I agree that marijuana should be legal everywhere. Uh, it's legal in Missouri now where you are, right? And it was legal in Illinois, um, just across the river from you. Um, it's not legal here in Nebraska. And we've got people like our football coach, the sainted Tom Osborne, who basically thinks that if you smoke marijuana, you're going to uh, end up uh, dead and living uh, on welfare in an alleyway. But um, well, it's uh, a good thing no one's smoking marijuana in Nebraska since it's illegal. I know, I know. But um, but so the idea here of being 
you know, well, the, 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 the libertarians say that all drugs should be legal. And in theory, I don't necessarily disagree because you can put a big, you can put a big pile of methamphetamines in front of me and I'm not going to do them. Right. So therefore, yeah, you know, it's just, that to me is just a thing. But on the other hand, not everybody is that way. So these heavier duty drugs, these these harder drugs, are uh, end up uh, you know killing people and and ruining lives. And I just think the society has got some responsibility in trying to prevent ruining these lives. Right. Well, I I mean uh, I agree with you that society should try and do everything they can to help these people from ruining their lives and ruining society. But the forty year war on drugs has been an unmitigated disaster. I don't disagree. Okay. So if we keep doing what we're doing, we're still destroying people's lives. Not only that, we're destroying innocent people's lives because the breakdown of the family through drugs, right? The um, old lady gets hit over the head because uh, somebody wants to steal money for her purse the catalytic converters that are stolen, the cars that are stolen, the people that are robbed. I mean, innocent people are being destroyed by the war on drugs, the innocent children who were shot in crossfire drive-bys and everything else. If Not to mention the money, the amount of money that is wasted on police and military to, to try and go after these people, the, the ancillary damage that is caused by police who are understaffed who are so suffering ptsd and so having to crack down on drugs that they lose their mind and end up attacking innocent people driving in cars all of that has some connection to the drug problem in this country if you set up a hallway and you said we'll give you free drugs in this door rehab in this door your choice we don't fund rehab in this country the way we fund the war on drugs. And so addicts, heroin addicts, will tell you, I can't get into rehab, so I have to keep doing drugs. We don't fund mental health the way we fund our prisons. And and that, to me, is, a, is the crime there because you're right. Look, if we had rehab, we, a lot of people that are in prison are there because of drug and alcohol problems. All right? Yes. Uh, drug and alcohol issues. Uh, they've got anger issues. They've got other... other um, uh, you know, mental problems that cause them to uh, commit crimes or to be antisocial. And and we don't do anything for these people to try to help them to become productive members of society. You know, I mean, uh, you know, there's all sorts of stories here of, of, of people that just are lost and go through the cracks, end up on drugs, or just end up, you know, homeless or whatever, because there's no mental health facilities for these people. There's no help out there for them, but we got plenty of uh, plenty of money for prisons, you know, plenty of money for uh, you know the, the 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 cops and law enforcement, right? I mean, yeah. I, 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 look, we, we're we're not going to stop the drugs coming into the country. I don't care how big a wall you build. Um, you just you're not going to. There are going to be people. You know, you have 18 year olds going for marijuana and the guy doesn't have marijuana. So he gives them, you know, fentanyl. We all did you hear this new thing now where they're lacing the fentanyl with some type of animal horse animal drug in which in Philadelphia now that people are chopping off their arms because it's just decaying their arms when they shoot it up. I mean, it's they're not going to. 
You, I don't care what you say or do to a drug addict, they're not going to stop. No matter how much, I mean, it's, it's just, it's, it's so sad. There's no other help than to, you know, just take the, take the, take the um, uh, revenue out of it and fund the rehab and just say, look, if I'm sorry you're in this way, give them safe alternative drugs and then give them a chance to McGraw, McGraw, wait a second. Okay, you're 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 not a stupid man. Okay. Can you name one politician who will get elected by saying, "Vote for me. I will use your tax dollars for mental health facilities. I will use your tax dollars to get the homeless, give them give them shelter, and give them a reason to live and a reason to turn their lives around. Vote for me, and I will uh, do what I can to help those in need." Or do you get elected saying? Vote for me. I'm going to be tough on crime, and I'm not going to raise your taxes. Which means we have prisons that are overcrowded because we can't uh, keep funding them because they're not raising the taxes. They're not building more prisons or doing anything. So you've got guys that are going to be tough on crime, not raise taxes. So let's just lock them up, throw away the key, and uh, and out of sight, out of mind. They're not a problem now. Sure, absolutely. Somebody can demagogue the issue, and I'm sure they'll 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 get elected. You know, that's that's why George Soros is in there, because he made sure he was going to make sure you can't be a transgender person and play softball, because that's the biggest issue going on in the country. Oh, well, that's uh, yeah. Yeah, well, that's it. And that's how we elect people in this country. And until we as a, as a nation demand more from these candidates, we're, gonna, we're not going to see rational, reasonable, reasonable yeah, approaches they, to crime. The other thing about legalizing drugs, which people hear legalizing drugs, all, the next thing is, you know, oh, you want my high school kid to, to buy heroin? As a matter of fact, right now, your high school kid is buying heroin. He's not buying alcohol because alcohol is legal and regulated. It's harder for a 16-year-old kid in America to get a six-pack of beer than it is to get fentanyl-laced heroin at their locker in school. Uh, well, I never tried to buy fentanyl-laced uh, heroin when I was in high school, but I didn't have a problem buying either beer or marijuana when I was in high school. Well, yeah, but 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 now, but when you were in high school, it was 18, and they didn't have the same laws, and they didn't crack down on it the way they have. Uh, that's true. That they've, It's really hard to get, um, you know, alcohol as an 18-year-old or, or a 20-year-old. Not only that, you know, Instagram is basically Uber for drugs. You can go on your Instagram account and you can make sure that people deliver drugs to your house. That's how pervasive it is. You ain't going to stop it. Well, you're never going to stop drugs in general. And, and you're never going to cure everybody that's addicted. I mean, that's just, you know, uh, they're on, they have such a have such a hold on some people. They, they're not going to be able to change their ways. I mean, it's well, always... It's, a... it's, it's so broken, right? Um Chandler from from Friends. What's that, that that guy's name? Whatever that guy's name is, right? Um, uh, right. He he was doing all this Vicodin and all these drugs and everything. He ever go to he ever go to jail? No, because he's rich and famous and, and had money to get out. Right. It's the poor people who don't have the money go into jail. You know, yeah. it's, uh, it's poor people. Poor people of color, for primarily. It, it's. I mean, the system yeah. is so broken, and yet we continue to throw money at it, wasteful money at it. There is a better way. 
Yeah, actually, uh, John Mulaney, who's a very funny comedian, I was on YouTube the other day watching one of his bits, and he was talking about how marijuana is becoming legal across states. And then he just says, well, who am I kidding? We're white. It's always been legal for us. <laughs> and yeah, you know, it's funny because it's true. It's it's a sad reality. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so. that's, I, I made that comment in uh, on the show about um, that that poor kid in uh, Memphis, that Tyree kid in, in Memphis. Yeah. Tyree Nichols. Yeah. About the black the black cops. Right. Somebody said it, this wasn't racial because it was black cops, you know, pulling over a black motorist. And I said, how come the black cops don't pull over the white motorist and beat them up? Right. How come white motorists don't get don't get get beaten up? So even though the black officers means it's not racial, the fact that the black officers treated the black suspect so poorly, it 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 is. It's it's like the the black motorist has two strikes against him, regardless of what color the cop is. Uh well, you're, you're you're not wrong, and you're right, and and it is an issue right there where it's the uh, uh, a, a mentality of the police officers. And if you, and by the way, if you're in a neighborhood where everyone you know there's so much crime and there's so much problems, I mean, I, I not to try to minimize or try to dismiss what these awful cops did, because I mean, there's no way to do that. But it's understandable for a cop to be on edge if he's uh, you know on that job all the time, uh, being in uh in, in tough I neighborhoods. Agree. I agree. I agree but, totally. But, yeah, I but, but, but when you say that, when you say that, you make it sound like you're making excuses for those cops, which is the farthest thing from the truth of what I'm doing here. You know, so people tippy-toe around some of these issues. Form, right? No, I agree. When you talk about police reform, that's a nice buzzword, but what does that mean? That means yeah. giving the police the tools to handle the day-by-day devastation they see the 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 you know the drug use the the violence the the people's inhumanity to other people's the, the police in america are suffering from ptsd and they have to put on a shield to survive a shift no wonder we have all these people who are losing their minds when they pull someone over because they're barely holding on as it is because everything's their fault well and 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 and, and you're right and how many hundreds of thousands of police officers are out there okay this past weekend that were not those five in Memphis, right? How many other of those officers directed traffic, um, broke up domestic violence problems, solved crimes, put their lives at risk to stop, uh, uh, you know, a robbery or whatever? I mean, how many of those officers are out there doing their job, doing it right, just just want to get home safe to the wife and kids every night, and that doesn't make the news. So therefore, you know, you don't think about it, but then you see this video, this heinous, disgusting video. Of what went on in Memphis, and you see that, and then all those cops get painted with the same broad brush. And well, but, there's but how no much? Way... Did, but but did, were those cops bad from the beginning? No, I think that they, you know, they became marginalized. They became callous. They became radicalized by what they've seen. Right? I mean, it's 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 really 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 hard to be a police officer today. They don't make any money. They're always at fault, no matter what they do. They're always wrong, whether they're pulling us over for, for speeding or they're getting a cat out of the tree or breaking up a party in the middle of the night or, you know, the drugs, it's their fault. How come we don't, you know, I mean, it's just 
these cops, I'm sure were, at one point were really good cops and became police officers because they wanted to help people. And I bet you they're now recoiling in horror that they can't believe that that was actually them. That's what I'm saying. I mean, they just get to that point where they, they lost their minds. You know, we see that also, though, with uh, uh, many of the January 6th defendants who right. were storming the Capitol then say, oh, my God, that was me. I can't believe I did that. You, there right. are times I think you do, you do get, you get so wound up with the emotion of the moment, you end up doing some stuff that you look back and regret and said, that's not me. Now, again, I don't know these cops. These cops so you're assuming these cops are good to begin with. I don't know that I want to make that assumption because I— I, I don't know. I mean, it. You know, they could have been. They could have been. You know, bad, bad to begin with. And this has been incrementally getting worse and worse and worse. And the thin blue line that protects these officers from bad behavior never called them out on it. So therefore, uh, you know, they kept on getting worse and worse and worse until the uh, tragedy with uh, Tyree Nichols. I, I can't imagine these these police officers joined the force because they wanted to beat up black people or beat up motorists. Oh well, actually, 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 I re- I remember years ago reading an article. It was a psychological profile, and they found that the mindset, the mindset of police officers and the mindset of uh, criminals were actually very similar. I mean, they were they were they were joining different gangs, if you will. Yeah. But there was you know the, the something in the. Uh, in the mindset of a police officer that had a criminal element to it, which is one of the reasons they made them good cops is because they could think like a criminal. Well, I don't know if it's, I, I know, I think I know what you're saying. There's that camaraderie in the police world, right? It's that uh, bunker men- mentality. Uh, it's the same reason why you have a gang. We look at people who are in gangs and we're like, that, that, that's crazy. But those gangs are, are their brothers, right? They will die for their brothers. That's the same mentality you have in football locker rooms or, you know, yeah, fraternities. Well, look, I mean, you have the same mentality you have in churches, in social groups, in clubs. You know, I mean, there's all sorts of neighborhoods. You know, right. there's all sorts of people who want to just belong and be a part of that group. And uh, so, yeah, so I think it takes a certain type of person to want to be a police officer in the first place. Well, it's just a sad reality. Look, I would, we're just about to solve all the world's problems. And look, we ran out of time. Oh, man, we were so close to getting everything solved. But, um, uh, once again, I was writing all my opinions. You, you're batting about 500. It's interesting you say that because every time I brought up an opinion, you you said, I don't disagree with you, but. So you hedged your bet. Well, it wasn't every time. It wasn't every time because, no, when you, I mean, I thoroughly disagree with you on uh, the Mahomes thing and on the, uh, and on the uh, 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 refereeing. Thoroughly disagree with you on that. Because that I was right, you were wrong. I, I would continue to tell you how wrong you are, but we're out of time. Uh, as always, a pleasure, McGraw. We will. Uh, by the way, every Thursday we've got another podcast up. Thursday night is on KTRS. Uh, give it a listen. Tell your friends. Subscribe. Spread the word. This is Becca and Millhaven. Just saying. I'm Tom Becca. Ground Millhaven. Bye bye. Bye bye. Huda Media Production.